Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize Ross. Introduce the guest, man. We have former Cage Warriors champion, the Housewives' Choice, Mr. Chris Fields. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, lads. We finally got it done. It's been a while coming, but here we are, huh? Cheers to that. Uh, we are. Cheers we've been that. absolutely pestering the the whole Team KF uh, management to get Chris Fields on. I mean, too many too many appointments off of the coaching world champions, future world champions. You know what I mean? What can you yeah, say? Yeah, they're always giving the team plenty of props, though, so uh, I kind of owe you one, so I'll be nice as pie today. Nice uh, well, in fairness, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. That's what yeah. we say, and, uh, you know what I mean, you know, we don't give props out for nothing, you know what I mean? You're doing a yeah. fantastic job yeah. there, and, you know what I mean, it's nice to recognise the talent that you have. Appreciate that, and we're working yeah. hard. Yeah, Chris, uh, well, on today's show, we are going to be getting into everything from UC257, Dustin Poirier's win over Conor McGregor. We're also going to be discussing some of the fights on the on the event. Uh, also, we're going to be discussing some Irish MMA as well, because Cage Legacy is coming back, Clan Wars is coming back for a doubleheader as well. And uh, we're also going to be discussing Team KF and the rise of uh, Team KF, Chris. So uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. If you are new to the show, make sure to like and subscribe. But we have to start at the very, very top, Chris, right? Where did you get the nickname, The Housewives Choice? It was given to me during an interview once. Someone just like, as they were interviewing me, said, uh, I'm here with the housewife's choice, Chris. Like, hey. There was a couple of lads uh, off the rear MMA. I think someone's mother-in-law or uh, something like that had a little thing for me. So that's kind of where I came from. I do I do tend to attract the older women. I don't know if that's a curse or a, a blessing, but uh, oh. yeah, I do attract the older women. Oh, wait, I'll make sure the killing I'll fields, make- though, didn't I? <laughs> Yeah, which is a lot less. <laughs> which is a bit more sinister. Noise, you know? A bit a bit more sinister. <laughs> yeah, it probably, I don't know if it would even float in today's world. See, the kind of rule on the on the nickname thing is generally you're given it. So a mm. lot of the new kind of shite is give yourself some cool name. The way yeah. it used to be, we're given it. You get called things like Shoe Face and Tequino <laughs> and all this kind of. Uh, but the, so I was called, uh, Tom actually called me uh, Chris the Killing Fields to make my life really awkward because was, people are going to start questioning on Cambodia and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's where we ended up. Like, uh, But yeah, it was the killing for years. And then I thought, yeah, the, we were looking for a good change. So the housewife's choice was nice. Yeah, because I actually think um, last weekend, Carlos Condat was called Natural Born Thriller instead of the Natural, natural Born Killer. Right. I think, I think like, you know that sounded a bit sinister, especially now they're on ESPN. Like I don't think what, that was what a did fight you of uh, of his performance. Go fight that. Yeah, but it, was, it was a very good fight. Uh, Matt Brown, like he is immortal. You know what I mean? A forty, yeah. like I was very impressed with him as well. But uh, yeah, he had a rough get, life too, man. Like to have yeah. the life he's had and still be performing at a high level in uh, in sports at like at forty is genius. Yeah, 40, yeah. Uh, I, as you can probably tell by my fighting style, I'm a massive Carlos Condor fan. Yeah. I, I, I've done for, and then I was looking at your night, and he's fucking younger than me. I was like, "What the fuck?" What? Oh, you know what? Fighting since he's like eighteen, though. You know, he's one of those. Like, he's been. Oh, he was. He, he yeah. has a. He, he's had more UFC fights than I've had hot dinners. Um, yeah, he but, did like Rumble on the Rock and all in Hawaii back in the day. He's kind of mad. I think he fought Jake Shields and Rumble on the Rock in like fucking 2009 or or no, way earlier actually, probably like 2006 or something like that. You know, crazy stuff. He's, he's out of contract with the UFC now, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets gets re-signed. Uh, I sort of weird. I think uh, UFC will at least pro- probably try and build off the back of his name. Someone someone new. We'll probably get a, a tough row now. Or yeah, uh, so you got like that, that's two wins on the bounce. I'd imagine they keep him around, and he's a household name. People people tune in to yeah. watch Conda fights. He's one. Of, he's yeah. like Shogun. You'll always watch him fight no matter what. You know. Yeah, definitely. 
But um, Basmo, tell tell us UFC two fifty seven. Um, it it was an interesting one. Um, obviously we might as well get straight into the main event. Uh, what were your yeah. initial thoughts? UFC two fifty seven. Conor McGregor defeated by Dustin Poirier by knockout in the second round. I, to, to be honest, like I, I I think we can all agree that we all thought Conor was going to go in and win the fight. Obviously, that didn't go to plan. But like to to really get into it, I, I'd actually like to hear Chris's opinion on this. I'd say possibly one of the more surprising things to ever happen in my life that that finish. It's just not how I saw it going at all. Uh, I saw I thought Conor was going to win it. Kind of how the fight started to take place towards the end of the first. Conor started to find his range, started to land his shots quite frequently. He's pinging that left hand. I in my head that was around the mark. The fight was going to be finished about four minutes in. I thought. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see Connor come into the fight and start to land. Then he was doing quite well. Um, it's like you know, obviously I've known Connor a very, very long time. I've seen pretty much every fight he's ever had. Like even the ones that there is no video on. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen, I've seen like from being there. Um, I've seen like the majority or nearly all his fights long until very recently. Um, yeah, it was just to see him like that. You know, I suppose it's like seeing uh, like like a superhero get knocked down or something, you know, because one thing I, I've, I've always said about Connor is the one, of, one of the things that's most underestimated about him is his chin. Like you never see him really hurt in fights, really yeah. hurt, you know, see him get tired, see him do other stuff, but like never really hurt. Um, and that was the first time I've seen him kind of re like, you know, Poria played a, a, like a beautiful game plan. Uh, I was surprised that they weren't prepared for the leg kicks. If I'm being honest, uh, it would have been something I would have uh, thought would have been like something you definitely be working in camp because it's something he does quite often especially uh southpaw and southpaw because you're coming it's same as being orthodox orthodox for the leg kick it's it's, it's widely available you know for the power kick so uh, i was very surprised that he what that he didn't prepare for that he connor i didn't i don't watch a lot of post-fight press runs but i saw little clips and he almost uh seemed surprised at the calf kick he was, the way he was speaking about it was a bit strange but uh yeah yeah can i ask you a few on, technical quick. questions on it chris um Firstly, I don't know if you saw the very first exchange of the fight. It almost looked like Connor got stopped in his tracks. And yeah. it's like, hold on, we're not starting yet. I thought yeah. that maybe impacted him because I think it looked like oh, I think Chris has jumped oh you're back there. Uh, right. It looked like it looked like uh you know Connor's tactic was to come out and almost try and finish him with the first strike. It looks like he was going for Jorge Masvidal's record uh across the cage. Uh, another thing I want to just touch on is because that was on at 9 a.m. over in Abu Dhabi, you think that affect him as well? Because from like, obviously you know Connor way better than we do. But from looking at like all Connor's interview, like waiting dating way back to when he first came on to the UFC scene, like he doesn't get out of bed till twelve o'clock. That fella, yeah. you know what I mean? So like twelve o'clock at best. Yeah, you think the nine o'clock starts affect him as well? Because he's yeah, used to how, the how, how long was he in? Uh, how long was he over there to adjust um, to their time zone? The looks <laughs> things would say about ten days out, maybe right. two. Um, about that, and then uh, the. The, so like I don't I don't know how much time he had to adapt to their mm. time. Though. Maybe a few different changes along the way. Cause he was here, mm. he was Portugal, then he was over there. Maybe that might have affected him a little bit. Uh, yeah, I did. I did notice that thing you're talking about. The start. He kind of came sprinting out, and then it got stopped, and it kind of got an awkward start. It was like, oh no, go, no, don't. Yeah, yeah, just go, go on. There you go, lad. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. And maybe he had a little plan in his head to get the first shot off, and then that was taken away to gain the center. Um, I just think like, uh, like, you know. If I if I was thinking of how Dustin was going to appro- approach the fight, it was kind of how it went. Yeah. Uh, you know, he shot the double, tried to get a hold of him early, and um, 
kind of tried to wear him. And then I thought that's how the fight would go. And then Connor would break, find his range, start to land. And, and he started to do that. And then, like, either the calf kicks or the shots didn't have the same effect. I think another thing as well is that, like, um, you know, Connor has that, lads, my, my iPad's acting the ham here. Um, the, Connor has that, like, stupid power. And in the first fight, he dropped Poirier, but he did it behind the ear. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a chin check. It wasn't like to see if, if Poirier's chin could take it. So it was a, diff- a very different shot than what's happening here. You know, in a kind of way. So uh, these shots were landing clean on the face and Poirier was able to take them. He's quite well known for being able to take a bit of abuse, you know? So, Chris, Chris going, into, going into the fight week, like so much stuff was happening like in the build-up. Like, uh, like obviously we can nitpick at certain things, but like because we're on the show, people want to hear like what actually exactly happened. Like the stuff with Jay Paul calling him out, causing all that hoopla, especially like involving the... Uh, Connor's fiance, then um, like even your man Otman Azatar is uh, someone he knew snuck in and started uh, like looting rooms or something. Yeah, yeah stuff like that. Um, like obviously the fans coming back. Like, do, do, do how can that stuff not take a toll on Connor? Like, after all, he is human. After all, as the song goes. But I mean, like, how mm. can that not take a toll on him? You know, and yeah, the lawsuit yeah, as well. The lawsuit that. as well. Sorry, I knew I was forgetting something. The lawsuit midweek as well. It was just. There's so much attention on the chat. Like, how can he, how can that not get to him? Or do you think that did get to him? Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think, I don't know. Like, if you think of Connor, like, I think of all the things he's been through, he never had an effect on him. You know, mm. all of a sudden, I, I just can't see something having that big an effect on him. You know, in a kind of way, like, he, he's dealt with so much over the years. Like, think of the Aldo fight, the way he built that up and all. And then, uh, I, don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I think, the approach was strange, uh, purposely. So they went with the, like kind of a nice guy, uh, you know, didn't try and. Um, I think I think that, like you know was I'm going to show everyone I'm a better martial artist and all. Maybe Connor needs the hype on the night, you know. Maybe he needs that in him to, um, to yeah, like to progress. You know, I don't know. Um, be hard to, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, it's and, the truth. Like I'll be. Um, one last thing from a coaching standpoint on the fight. Were you surprised with Connor's stance? It was a bit more upright. It was less of the karate style stance. It Very boxing, boxing stance. Yeah. yeah. Were you surprised with that? Do you think that? Um, also had I a think he thought stance? he was going to have a boxing match with Poirier. I think everyone would have thought that he, uh, like Poirier, was going to try for a takedown at least at some point in the fight. Mm. So uh, yeah. I think the square stance probably wasn't a great idea. Um, uh, the, the kicks again. I don't really understand how no one was prepared for the kicks. It's something I think I would have like that stance leaves you wide open to leg kicks that's the problem with it you know it's a great stance um for like landing power punches and kind of being able to defend yourself in tight but it's not great for being able to defend leg kicks and so uh, yeah i don't really understand the stance i know he's working a lot on his boxing maybe the boxing took over a little bit maybe that's mostly what he was doing in camp you know and he'll always revert back to what you know you know kind of way he'll always revert mm-hmm. back so um it's, it's difficult to know, like, like, like his stance, that elusive stance that made him so kind of famous, his striking style and kind of almost a karate-esque in and out movement. Um, and then being able to, when he found the range, launch those big boxing combos was, was basically what we all know Connor for and love to watch, you know? Yeah, you uh, sort of missed that bounce, wasn't it? He's yeah, he, he was square and heavy and just walking forward, classic boxing style, you know? Um, lads, I think I'm going to have to switch on my phone. So we're feeling this is just going to go off. So I, so I kind of find like, um, you know, his his best attribute for years was that like he was that elusive kind of in and out striking style made him very hard to hit. Also made him very hard at the time on takedowns. 
because that stance is notoriously hard, notoriously, uh, notoriously hard to take someone down off. Uh, just because it feels like they come into range and then they're, then they're out of range in half a second, you know. And that, that was the style he's always played his whole career. And I don't know, like, we didn't really get to see what happened in the Cowboy fight. So we, don't really, we didn't really get to see what stance he was playing. You know, he got straight into his zone and he was pressuring Cowboy back. Usually he plays that stance when he's moving around on the outside and he's trying to find the range before he hurts them. So it was... Uh, it was it was interesting to see him kind of boxing that style. He he kind of like if you watch his fights, he'll always come in and out of that style. You know, he will play that boxing style, but he played it at range, which is a normal for Conor. Yeah, it was it was just a it was almost like a foreign Conor McGregor in there. Like it was it was the body, it was you know the tattoos, mm-hmm. it was the, it was the head, the face, but there was I don't know whether you felt the same, but I felt there was a different feeling when he. Uh, when he was in the cage first as well, I, I think like he it also helped him coming in second. But I think you know he, he makes the big show. He was left in there for a while, and I don't know. Yeah. I just felt I felt like there was something fishy with the night, even though it was the morning over there. Uh, did you think like um, just like I'd feel very wary saying that the occasion got to Connor because considering how many big nights he's had in his career, how many big things he's done, how many situations he's been in, all that kind of stuff. I just can't see the occasion getting to him. Um, you know, like, what was his preparation like? Was it up to scratch? Maybe he was going in thinking, I haven't done enough here or whatever. But he just, I, I get there, like, from my knowledge of Connor over the years, I'd say Connor could do a week's training and still be confident going into a fight. He's just one of those guys, you know? Um, so yeah, Chris, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know, Chris, I don't know. Chris, even even in the bill of Poirier looked off. He just looked like he just he was only there to take part, literally. And it it just I, I couldn't I couldn't foresee Connor not winning this fight, and for, for Poirier then to get to win. And bear in mind, like Poirier was fighting at that time as well, and he's coming in off a loss against Connor as well. Like it, it, it's hard to really gauge what's going on. You know what I mean? It's just a uh, no. Nobody really expected. It. It's like I'm still in my head yeah, processing. It's it was, just, uh, I, I can't believe we're sitting here talking that he lost. That's the thing. Yeah, that that's that be that be exactly how I, I'm looking at it. I'm kind of going, how are we in a situation where Connor's lost that fight? It looked like it was an easy win from, yeah. uh, in my view, like it looked like it was made up fight from, like like as in. You know, if I was to pick an opponent, this is what I was saying in the lead up to when people were asking me, I was like, if I was to pick an opponent for Connor, it's Poirier. A guy that wants to box in range. It's like the perfect guy, you know what I mean? And he has I, a win already. I, I was ready for like all the people being like, oh, sure, he's already beaten him before. That was an easy fight. That was a tune up fight. Uh, the way people were saying, like, oh, who's he fighting next? Like, it was like, it was almost everyone was overlooking Poirier. Do you, do you think like that could have got to Connor as well? Because obviously, he's sitting in his room. He like he has a phone there, like he, he's in uh, quarantine. Do you think like he, so many people are overlooking Poirier that maybe he overlooked him as well because he's like maybe yeah, you know, like a babe, you know? A win, like a win over someone, uh, like having a win over an opponent when you're going into fight them can be like can be uh, like a really good thing or a really bad thing. So like 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 the things you're saying there. So you have a win over a guy. You're going in. What have you really got to gain here? Yeah, you've already beat the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And how are you going to do more impressive? What did he do it in the first time? A minute and a half, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you're knocking him out the first shot. <laughs> like, uh, so you, so now all of a sudden, the lock, like if he, if it's a drawn out affair and Connor finishes in the third, does it look like you're not as good as he used to be? You know, you've lost a step, or mm-hmm. so, yeah, like you know, or he could have been going. This, this was easy last time. I'm going to run through this guy. You know, the, the, all these things could have been going in his head. He could have been saying to himself on the way out, Jesus, so why don't beat this guy the same way I did before? I'm going to look like a sham. You know, this kind of thing. So, 
now, like it's weird because like I'm saying that, but my, like my brain is telling me all my knowledge of Connor is like he's like he's extremely confident. That's not put on. The guy exudes confidence. Mm. You know what I mean? He's extremely confident. I wish I had a, like a quarter of what the guy has when I fight. Like he's one of the, he's one of the few people, and now Ian is another one. Just recently, like that, like I see, isn't really nervous out the back. That's um, that's amazing to me. I I'm shitting myself before it's like, you know, Connor <laughs> isn't like that. I am, I am. I take about I go to the toilet about four hundred times. <laughs> I mean, like just to look just, in the uh, mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right. I, 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 hope, I hope there's a few housewives out in the out in the yeah. crowd for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're just a just a different level altogether. You know what I mean? Like, um, so. Uh, yeah, so kind of like it's hard to tell. It's hard to know how, like, how, like, how it's baffling. It it's baffling, isn't it? It's yeah. Mystery, like yeah. I, I'm lost for words here. Like, and I know we, I know we sort of all are. I think it'll take a while for us for it to process fully. But like, the the interesting thing is going to like the, the great thing about it was Dustin Poirier getting the win. What he's after doing to his family now, financially secure for the rest of his life. He's going to now like he should potentially now be fighting for the title next. Uh, where, 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 where do you sort of see this landscape now? Because obviously Michael Chandler had a huge win as well. Um, and then like Olivier is looking to get into that, looking to get that. Yeah, I, well. I think, I think it has to go back. I think it has to be uh, Olivier. Like, I, I think it, I think it, mm-hmm. like Charles deserves a shot and I'd interested to see um, maybe even Chandler and Charles and then uh, someone fight Poirier for the belt out of that. Because like Chandler has a quick, could have a quick turnaround now considering how the fight went. Um, you know, or like give uh, give Oliver a shot against uh, Dustin straight away. But I think I think like overlooking Oliver is a bit is a bit bad at this stage in the UFC. Like if they're going to put Chandler in there after one win and, and Oliver is on an eight fight win streak, it doesn't really say a lot for the promotion. It's, it's the, he's almost the new Tony Ferguson. The yeah. way I, I think it sort of maps out is Dustin versus Olivier for the title, Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, and then McGregor probably versus Diaz three. I think that's probably the way you go about yeah, it. Yeah, they're they're uh, and like I I kind of said ages ago I got laughed at a bit was that they should do a tournament. They basically just did a tournament. I said this right at the start when when Khabib said he was out. I was like, let's do a tournament. Uh, you know, I was trying to pick what fight should be where. The light of life, love and life. Couldn't wait for the combo. But I just think Oliver deserves that shot now. I think give give the man his title shot. You know. Yeah, and do you, do you think McGregor comes back into action against Diaz next, or do you think it's a Poirier rematch, or is it someone left field? Is it uh, Rafael dos Anjos fight next, or where do you see it? Next? Yeah, I, I think I think he has to kind of uh, go back now and maybe take a little bit of time and figure out what his next move is. You know what he'd like to do. Um, it's I'd say it's like it's it's a difficult position for Connor. Uh, he's like, you know, you're talking. Like just just what he achieved, what he's achieved in his career, it's like it's like I think Connor's one of those fighters that it's it's the what next. That's kind of his outlook. Like, what's next? What do I do next? What do I do next? What's my next achievement? And like right now, that doesn't really exist. No, there's nothing big there unless you're talking about a comeback. You know, coming back again. But like he's he's won the lightweight belt, lightweight belt before. He's won the um, uh, he's won the featherweight belt before. I don't really know like. Like mm. what excites him, you know? What's going to excite him, you know? I think yeah. it could be. And also, he can't fight again. He can't fight again until UFC one sixty or two sixty one because, like, he, he can only fight on pay per view. So, like, they and they and they don't want to put him on another pay per view with someone else because then those other stars or other champions get pay. The, the problem is like, who do you match him with now? Like, who do you match him with? Like, I think it's the perfect time for the Diaz trilogy if they're ever going to do a fight. 
yeah, that's a that's an awful fight though, isn't it? Like like I mean for Connor yeah. in it's like it's just a drawn out affair, whatever. Like you know, you could see Connor winning, you could see Diaz winning, but it's filthy. Yeah, whatever way it goes, it's going to be dirty. It's draining on your body. It's going to do. You're going to get damage from it. You know. So I suppose he has to sit back and think what's best for him right now. I mean, it'd be interesting oh, yeah. to see over the next couple of weeks what he comes back with. You know. If, if we're just looking at t- times that, that that we're in right now, obviously everyone has to like isolate and stuff. So I think that that means, therefore, obviously you'd know better, Chris. But that like. Connor is going to be stuck with his team and he's going to have to train. You know what I mean? Like, if this was a Mayweather moment where we could go all go out on the piss every day of the week, I'm sure he'd be like, he'd, there'd be less chance of him coming back. But who really knows? But, um, do you, a lot of people were saying like the Stardust is done, the, the, that's the end of him now, like, and like writing him off the same way the, the, they did previously when he lost to Diaz. But I, I can't take that seriously. I think some people maybe maybe just lived it in the moment too much and then once you take a breath and then wake up the next day, you're like, you know what, life goes on. And uh, there's plenty more opportunities there. You know, he can always come back. Yeah, oh yeah, look, look he's one of those guys. That, see, the thing is that uh, the reason that he excited people and people want to watch him, mm. if you don't understand fighting, you know what a knockout is. doesn't matter. And that's what Connor does to people. He sleeps them. That's interesting to everyone. It's interesting to people like me who are like love the tactics of the sport. I still love seeing knockouts. And yeah. it's interesting to a guy that's like never looked at a fight in his life. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. that's the beauty of what Connor does across overall, though. And that's what brought him like to where he's almost uh, he's a celebrity and a fighter, you know, because people love that. Whereas you get like a like a, a like a grappling technician who's all mm-hmm. about subs. You have to understand the sport to understand how good mm-hmm. someone like that is, the Damian Meyer and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so I think like people will always tune in to watch Conor Ford. Always. Like, Chris, let, 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 let's move on from uh, the biggest superstar the UFC has ever seen to one of your disciples, the future, Ian <laughs> Gary. Um, t- 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 tell us a bit about Ian Gary. He's been on the show like seven times. I think uh, Ryan Shelley jokes that he's the third member of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, t- 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 tell us... What what are what are your thoughts on uh, Ian Gary? Because I know we'd be listening, and I know that ego's getting big. Yeah, you know, um, like look, Eno, you know, like he loves to talk, right? As we <laughs> no all way. know, I'm sure he's not stopped the podcast. He's probably still talking to a blank screen at home when you're done. But <laughs> like the thing, the thing for me as a coach, like you know, he's like my little brother. I love the kid, but the thing for me as a coach is that he shows up and he trains and he trains hard. Never excuses. Mm. Always wants the hard rounds. Always wants the hard work. You know what I mean? Uh, the kid, like, does it, the success isn't down to him running his mouth. The su- success is down to his work ethic. And, uh, and like, he's, like, a, a thirst for knowledge that I, I really like. You know, he's always asking questions, always. Uh, so, uh, you know, for a kid like that, sky's the limit. If you're going to keep, if you can keep that attitude, if you can, you know, work that way and, and he'll, and he, like, it's never changed since I've met him, you know. And and the lip was there too, like that running his mouth all the time was there at the very start. You know, the first day I met the kid, he was he was there to me. Oh, we rolled, and uh, afterwards he said to me, "I'll be tapping you in six months or something." I was like, "You won't." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but, tell uh, us this: uh, you know, March, he, is there yeah, a yeah, shot he, up the line? Yeah, he he just, you know, uh, like my, my kind of outlook at the moment is, you know, this next fight he has coming up in March. I think maybe one more then, and then we'll kind of start assessing the UFC kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So there's a couple of little tests mm-hmm. I'd like to lay out for him beforehand mm-hmm. and see where he's at. 
Uh, so the Big Brother's going to prevail because he was saying he wants to bail right now, but he was telling us, uh, I don't know whether he said it live or not, but he was like, Chris wants me, Chris wants to protect me and have me have one more fight before. But I don't think maybe protect's not the right word, but I think, yeah, you know, get, get the round test. in. The, the stuff for me is to test them like different types of opponents because he's like the problem is is with the belt and with the UFC once you're there that's it there's no going back you can't yeah. go back and go oh shit we should have worked on now we should have tried a fight against a guy like that before we got here yeah. to see that that was a problem so you know it, like when I started fighting this didn't exist you just fucking fought anyone that was around do you know yeah. what I mean like, you just had a fight <laughs> with whoever you could um, and and you know you, you fought as often as you could like uh, but um, now I'm I'm kind of uh, like, yeah, it's you're trying to get the lads ready. You're trying to get the lads mm. to a point where when they go in there, they've they've like fought every type of guy. They fought in, in every which way. They fought in different places and felt different experiences before they actually mm. get get into like something like the UFC or a cage warriors belt or something like that. You know? Do you, Do you think we could be lined up with one of the biggest Irish domestic fights of all time uh, if Reese McKee makes his way back to the cage warriors promotion, which is more than likely, and Ian fights Reese for the welterweight belt? Yeah, um, my if phone I'm is just ringing constantly here. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I um, because they're friendly you know, as well. Possible. Yeah, it could like Reese would have to have a fight or two before he got close to that. So Ian's kind of ahead of him in that way right now. Um, but uh, like, yeah, you know, you could see that down the line. Um, we we'd be open to that. Um, like like I said, I'm not really one of those guys who goes around picking opponents for my guys. I'm just trying to pick the the tests, the right tests. It's not like I'm trying to find easy fights. It's I'm trying to find the right tests at the right time. You know. Yeah, when you look when you look at what's after happening there, like obviously Reese jumped in last minute, and then it like it obviously went viral around Ireland because it was like right, finally he's getting his chance, another person into the UFC from from Ireland, and then like the way the way he lost to Chmaev, and then when he lost the second fight, and he just after getting caught, does that make it like really like sort of slow things down, especially the way UFC Dublin was meant to come and everyone wanted Ian on the card? Does that make you really like stand back and be like, okay, maybe we should just really really take our time uh, here? To be honest, I was like that all along. Yeah, they had nothing to do with it. I've I've seen this before. I've seen this many times. You know, um, I I love Reese. I like the kid, and I, I like I hope he builds back up and he gets back there. You know, he's very skilled and he's a, a lot of ability. And he had tough fights while he was there too. You yeah. see how mm. good that um that Moreno guy is when he fought uh, Pedestan. You know, mm. um, and and Shemayev. Yeah, Shemayev, the <laughs> Shemayev, man. scary man. Yeah, on short notice, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I like there is no rush. Ian's very young, you know what I mean? And all the guys here are very young. There's no rush. Everyone wants, like I was saying with the Connor thing, the next big thing, the next thing, the next thing, you know? It's, there's, there's no big rush, but like, it, like when I, when I kind of go, right, the kid's ready now, he, like that's when I'll make a move. And I, I like that. Like Ian will challenge me on it, but he kind of knows when I say it, he knows I'm not doing it to fucking He knows it to the bosses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he also knows I'm doing, it. I'm doing it for him. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not exactly. doing it for my... Like, okay. it'd, be, it'd be better for my gym to just push him in straight away and get him in there and say I've allowed him to see, you know? Yeah. And, and even look at Mason Jones over the, last week as well. The champ yeah. champ goes in, he lost his, his debut fight as well. Yeah, yeah. What I do know, what I do see with Ian, like, um, compared to a lot of those guys is, if you watch like Dwayne fights, he he has mm. lots more options. So he can he can take the fight to the ground if he wants. He can stand and strike if he wants. A lot of the guys seem to go mm. in with just a one-dimensional approach. Even though Mason's so well rounded, mm. he seems to only look to strike on the feet. You know, uh, so yeah. I feel like um, yeah, I feel like he, by the by the time we have him there, um, 
you'll be looking at a whole new style of fighter from Ireland. He, he does have that lovely bounce on the feet. You know what I mean? I know we're talking about with Connor, but he does. Like he's in, he's out. Um, was it his last fight? He finished on the feet up against Cage. Was that his last one? Uh, the, one the one before. Yeah. The one before that. I, I remember your man was two and one. But like when I was watching that, like there was the head kick and the punches, and your man was thrown and he was slipping. And it was a thing of beauty. I, I was actually yeah. every time he fights, me and Baz ring each other and just go, "Jesus, he's stepped up." Because he's always it, telling yeah, us that, he's that, next that, level, next level. But he is. Yeah, yeah, he's improving very fast at a at a very high rate, and you know there's lots of guys to push him here, which is a good thing. Uh, and then he's improving on other things that you don't really get seen in the cage. So he's strength conditioning, you know, all this. He's getting stronger. Mm. He's getting bigger as a person. Like so. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting few years, like mm. in general. You know, I, I I look around, I probably see about four guys from here that mm. I can see, like about four or five guys that are probably gonna be in the UFC. In fairness, the first first time we met him, he, he said he didn't even do strength and condition. Sorry, Bob. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, I kind of forced this. There's so much forced on everyone, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he just seems like obviously from watching so many fighters and fights, he just seems to have something different. It's and it's it's blatantly obvious to see. It's hard to put a pinpoint on it, but. Uh, uh, it, who knows what's going to really happen in Ireland? Like you could see him one day headline at UC Dublin as well. It's yeah, I think I think the confidence that he kind of holds outside the cage comes in with him. Like I was saying to you, like I'd be quite a confident person. I'd walk into a room full of people and I'd be quite happy to chat and talk. And yeah. uh, but then, like finally, I'm shaming myself now. The fact you even get to the point where you can walk out means yeah. you're confident enough. And I've done it in front of big arenas, but I am shaming myself. Because it's like as a sport, there, there's probably nothing close yeah. to it. You're you're literally naked. Putting yourself in what's considered like, you know, if you're a guy losing a fight to another guy since you're a kid is the worst thing that can happen. Do you know what I mean? So you're putting yourself in this situation. Especially in your jocks. Yeah, in your jocks. That's what I'm saying. You're standing there then after looking all like fucking shit with your head down and all. And so you're putting yourself on the line, but then the up is so big too, you know? So, um, yeah, it's like, it's interesting to see and it's interesting for me to look at someone again so like like physically like as in how we both look is quite similar we're kind of long so a lot of my stuff can pass over to Ian quite easily and seamlessly but then just that on, on that kind of side of things how comfortable he is before the fight and the build of putting pressure on himself talking about stuff that's not really me you know never really been one for the shy talk or any of that stuff and Chris, will we will we see the housewife's choice in a cage at some stage in 2021? I know you one were more. meant to do it. One, one more. more. One more. Um, I, wanted to go to, what, I wanted to go before, to Sweden. Before, this beard is, before the beard is fully grey, we're going to have one more. Yeah. And will it, will, it be, <laughs> will it be with, I, I can't remember the name of the Swedish promotion, will it be with that promotion? or No, it won't. Uh, it'll, it'll more than likely be Cage Warriors. I like oh, to have my it? last one. I've always said that I'd like to have my last one in the yellow gloves if I could. So. That'd, oh, that'd be class. That's, that's well, if if you were fighting on one of the trilogy nights, would you have your guys fight first, or would you like to fight first? And uh, no, I, if I was going to fight in a trilogy, I'd fight the Thursday, have the lads fight the Saturday, so the gap in between, so there's no kind of pressure. Lovely, lovely. And then let's let's talk about the rest of the guys quickly. We won't hold you up much longer because um, no, you're a busy good. man. But uh, I, am. I, I know you have a good few people on on uh, Cage Legacy. Um, I'm very much looking forward to see Tack fight as well. Because uh, I know him and Ian grew up basically doing them together. And right. That. But uh, who else do you have on the card? And do you have anyone on Clan uh, Wars? Yeah, so I have uh, Ryan, Ryan Shelley and uh, Tacker will be on Clan Wars. And then um, I have Leon Hill. Uh, I hope I don't forget someone now. Cause, uh, oh, yeah, Omran Choban is fighting John Redmond. Um, 
Is that a funny um, one? Because John did a bit in your gym. Although John's done a bit in every gym in Dublin, I think. Yeah, no, he never actually trained here. He never. Oh, so he was so you, did you fight? You fight John? You fought John, didn't you? I fought John early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we a bit of inside information, but uh, yeah, uh, and then I have a bunch of my amateurs fighting on the cards on both of the cards as well. Um, and I've uh, yeah, so it's like exciting times, you know. A bunch of boys coming through. Um, you got like like what I like at the moment is when I look around the gym, it's just waves. So I've got like. You know, because my, myself and James say are one wave. Then you have Ian and, and stuff like that are next wave. And then you have like Omran, Leon, Adam, Ryan, Taka. You know, just mm. another wave. Then behind them is like Ben Hughes and uh, and all those lads coming through. And then there's a load of lads about to have their amateur debut as well. So it's like wave after wave after wave after wave, you know. Uh, and that's that's the way it has mm. to stay. I'm always like uh, talking to people about this. Like I'm um, to get slapped in the head if I start taking my eye off the prize here and just start mm. focusing in on one group because you need mm. to be bringing the 16 year olds through so that they're the guys when Ian and that have are doing their bit and they're kind of only fighting once every like six months maybe. You know, they're mm. only doing two years. These are your next group coming through that are going to go on to the UFC. What happens is you take your eye off that and you end up with just one group and nothing else going on. Yeah. And, how, uh, how, we, how excited are you for like this whole wave coming through as well? And also, like having done the Ultimate Fighter as well, would you suggest the lads to go for that or go on Dana White's Contender Series as well? Uh, yeah, so uh, like with James, I was actually pushing for both of those things. Uh, I don't think they're going to use international fighters for that Ultimate Fighter. I don't even know if they're doing it anymore. But I was pushing for James because they were talking about middleweights. And it'd be interesting, James, doing the Contender Series. I think James just needs an eyeball on him and he's gone. That's kind of where he's at now. He needs like just someone to like. He just needs someone's ear, you know. And he should be gone at this point. Um. So yeah, I would be. I'd be very interested in that. I'd like to get my um get my foot in with a few more promotions, uh, bigger promotions, because obviously Cage Warriors aren't going to have a Team KF night where they yeah, <laughs> have yeah. every one of my lads on it. So mm. I need like there's a UAE Warriors, uh, United Arab Emirates Warriors. There's them. There's a few shows in France and stuff. I'd like to get my foot in with over. That's my plan for this year. So like my big plan for this whole year and kind of started putting all the stuff in place now is just to kind of like because that's where the team has gone now is to really professionalize it so like mm. uh, you know everything's kind of sorted like start looking for some uh, management for the lads start looking for like shows they can fight on and all that kind of stuff and make sure that everything is going smoothly yeah no definitely and like uh, I, I do think you know domestically if these fights do go ahead as well like it's going to be it's going to be big for the country especially it's so exciting isn't it yeah so if they can get it done and we're sitting in some form of lockdown, whether even it's level three or something like that, I think it's massive, and I'll have a lot of eyeballs on it as well. Uh, yeah. we were, we've actually been speaking about Cage Legacy and Clam Wars, and I think Clam Wars are saying they're basically doing 40 fights over two nights. I was like, Jesus, that's a lot. Yeah. But being at shows when there's 19, 20 fights there, on, like, it's so, a long night. So this is welcome to my life. I'm going to have to go over <laughs> with the lads, fly, fly from London to Belfast then, on the Sunday so I can corner all the lads in Belfast so I had to put all my guys on Clam Wars onto the Sunday card now because I won't be there on Saturday and I'm really like against not yeah, being there on if there's any chance I can be there I'll be there you know yeah because so. that's it's on the same weekend as Cage Wars as well yeah. mm. Chris like like as we said I think we said off air mm. like uh, the, the whole the whole basis of this show is to really like push Irish MMA and like uh, like be like buzzing for Con- Connor's win as well but like the stuff me and do me and Ross do like behind the scenes like trying to promote Irish MMA and stuff it's like this year is so exciting like I have all the stuff written down in the diary here like and it's just uh, like all these lads are getting huge they're just getting huge um, audiences now to like it's a huge year for Irish MMA I haven't seen something this big in a long long time 
yeah, it's exciting. A lot of a lot of guys seem to be turning pro. I think guys ended up with the year off basically. Mm, yeah. And they kind of they built it. So I was planning maybe on the likes of Adam, Taka, Ryan to have a fight around like the summer and then look at going pro around September and then they didn't get to fight all, but the improvements have still been made, you know. So there's no difference. It's the exact same situation mm. for us. So kind of have a process that I do with the lads. The same Eam was kind of my first well, James was my first one true, but Eam was my first one from scratch here. And uh, like kind of up to like six fights, see how they've done an amateur, move them on to pro. You know, this kind of thing. That's that's my that's usually the way I work. And that's what I've done with this group of lads as well. And I kind of keep an eye on their level. Like they, they have to have a K1 fight. They have to get a blue belt in jiu-jitsu or win a local competition. All this kind of stuff. And everyone's kind of take the boxes so we're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, just uh, like a couple of more questions for me. How much, how much do you love coaching compared to actually getting in the cage yourself? Uh, well, like I think I love the buzz of fighting until for me the buzz of fighting like the enjoyable part is all the training coming up with the night's a little bit of a weird one um so uh, i get the the same kind of feelings that i get from myself with the lads but i'm not getting punched in the face so that's deadly <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I like i think i've always been a person i'm not, like i think a lot of people like this I, i've always enjoyed giving presents more than receiving presents you know kind yeah. of yeah, same approach I, I think I get more out of watching lads get ahead than doing it myself. I, I do think the, my fighting and my career and everything I did, I love, I loved it. And I love when it, like the, the last one I do, but I think like I was always going to end up in this job. This was always, I was kind of doing it while I was fighting. I was coaching loads of the lads. I was coaching Paddy for UFC fights. I was co- coaching Cottle for UFC fights, you know, this kind of stuff. So, mm. um, so yeah, I've, I've always been fulfilling this role. No, you're doing a brilliant job. And just last question for me as well. Uh, how important has Tom King been to the rise of Team KF as well, and for you in particular? Yeah, so like a good, like on a, on a lot of different levels. Obviously, you have the skill acquisition the lads get from Tom. Like, so he's such a phenomenal grappler, and um, and a straight shooter with people. So you know, calls bullshit when he sees. Always has, like, <laughs> yeah. even with me. Uh, so does that side of him? That's phenomenal. The other side is that, like, as a as a business partner, I get to bounce stuff off Tom. And he's very honest with me about it, you know, and generally like we, we kind of have the same um, outlook on things. So we tend to uh, like we tend to agree. But like I know if he isn't agreeing with me on something, maybe I'm wrong. And he's one of the few people I'll go, uh, I'll, I'll take that and maybe change my opinion, you know. Um, yeah. That's whereas, like myself uh, and you, Ross, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so sometimes I, I, I throw something out in bars and be like, that's a fucking shy idea, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, fair enough. And then vice versa as well. You know what I mean? We're, we, we're getting these, um, you know, the mask people wear, we're getting like a sleeve mask. But, you know, yeah, so neck, neck scarf. And, neck, neck scarf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're getting them made with the Energize logo. We'll send one out to you, Chris, right? Oh, yeah, deadly. I love that. the shop, right? Yeah. And uh, Baz like, we should get camo ones, right? And I was told them, I was like, oh, they sort of look cool, but like, you know, you know, just plain black suits everyone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that could be the second, yeah, that could be the second launch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I think it's just, for me, like, it's nice to have someone like that around. Tom's kind of like, um, I, I I get excitable as well. So Tom's kind of the like I, I tend to people in my life. Yeah, he keeps me he keeps me level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'll blow up and just be like, get him out of here now, he's gone, he's off the team. Tom like can't reboot there, Chris. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they'll be talking like that. Uh so I think uh yeah, I think he kind of levels me out. My miss is kind of similar as well, so it kind of works out perfectly, you know. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah, um, I think that sort of wraps it up. Uh, one last thing is me and Barry were talking about Cage Legacy and we think Leon Hill versus Palahan will be the people's main event come fight night. I think uh, that's that's very exciting. That, uh, yeah, it is. Um, it's, 
it's um yeah I think I think I think people haven't seen what Leon's capable of yet. I think people are going to be a little bit amazed mm. when they see because uh, like obviously the last fights on like three days notice. Yeah. It's very difficult to yeah. kind of see what he's capable of. You see a guy go uh, three rounds on three days notice after a massive weight cut. So mm. I think people are going to be very impressed when they see what Leon's about now. And he like yeah because I see him spar with the high level pros out of this gym so I know ability level like you know he's gonna yeah he's a, he's on a different he's on a different level I think in that fight but sure fine's fine isn't it we gotta wait and find exactly well Ross uh, anything else to say before we wrap it up no guys um, just if you have enjoyed this video with the housewives choice Chris Fields make sure to like share subscribe and as always stay energized stay energized baby <laughs>